Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Am I on? Thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'm going to turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 13, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, thank you Lord, amen. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. That word sober means to be serious or sensible. And hope to the end for the grace or the power the strength that is to be brought unto you at the understanding, revelation, illumination of Jesus Christ. Gird up the loins of your mind. I looked at the parallel. Bible, and there's a couple renditions that I like. It brings out a better understanding. Sometimes the King James is these, thou's, thus, and all this other stuff. But the new inspired version says, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace of to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Another rendition says, therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. New Living Translation says, so prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. To the world. Prepare yourselves. Prepare your mind. I want to speak on this subject, mind control. Mind control. Lord Jesus, Lord, we thank you. You're so good to us, Lord. And God, we ask you to take control of our thoughts, our mind, what we think, amen, our perspective on 
life, Lord. Where we are, God, in this, in this time, God, that we are living, that the church of the living God is going through, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to give us understanding today, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, help us, Lord, to receive this word. God, we bless the people of God, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for every soul that is in this place. And help us, God, as we are ending the ending of days, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. There had to be a reason why uh, Peter wrote these words. There was probably a a loss of control, a loss things in the time that Peter was living where it caused the church to maybe question God. Where their minds or their actions would be altered from what they were hearing, what they were seeing. I can't imagine what it would be like living in those days. Amen. No electricity living off candles and what have you. I'm not sure how their lifestyle was. And some people say, man, it would be awesome to live back in those times. Well, have at it. (laughs) I would not even want to touch that. Praise God. My power goes out for three hours. I'm freaking out. (laughs) Praise God. But as I begin to look at this setting I come to understand that the world that we live in cannot grasp the concept of what life is as far as living as a Christian the Christian way the world in which we live today is really a world and I'm talking about the world, not the church. It's a world of fantasy. It's a world of make-believe. It does not understand the true meaning of life. It tries to interject its own thoughts, its own beliefs on how they believe the world should carry itself. And I think that sometimes can influence the church of the living God if we allow it to. That's right. That's right. And so Peter pins these words, amen, that echo through time. Gird up the loins of your mind. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13 is not the only place where we get this concept where God is reminding us to think seriously. Everyone say seriously. 
seriously about the times that we are living in. We can exhaust many hours, if we want to, scanning through the pages of this great book as we expound on various examples. For instance, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18 through 22 says, Come now and let us reason together. Let's talk about this. Let's think about it. Let's be sensible. We need to come to an understanding of where we are in life. And the world that we are living in right now. Our world, my friend, is a world of fantasy. It's a world of make-believe. They believe that if they had control, that everything would be all right. But the Bible paints us a very different picture, a very different scenario, praise God. He says, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If ye be willing and obedient, you shall eat of the good of the land. What an awesome promise. If we are obedient to God's word, God has nothing but wonderful provisions for us. Doesn't say that you're going to, everything's going to be great and you're going you're gonna to live in a life of tiptoeing through the tulips. That isn't what he's saying. Right, right. That he is saying this, that wherever we go through in life, whatever comes across our path, we are going to have the peace of God yeah. in our lives that will help us and carry us through. But if we refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. How is, the writer says, the faithful city become a harlot? It is full of judgment. Righteousness lodgeth in it. But now murderers, he writes, thy silver, this, this, is, this, is, this is powerful, thy silver is become dross. It's faded. If you understand what silver means in the Bible, the representation of silver, it really means salvation. It really means our redemption. When we allow influences into our mind, our redemption is faded. Begins to fade. Thy wine, which is our spirit, is mixed with water. It's watered down, praise God. It's not as powerful as it was when I first saved you, when I first brought you from the land of Egypt. Become dross, thy wine mixed with water. And so I ask you this morning, where is the greatest challenge for mankind? 
What's the greatest thing that we battle with? I think the greatest problem for the human race is the battle for the human mind. If the greatest battle is in the mind of man, then how do we free ourselves from this ongoing war? It is a war. It is a battle. And the only logical answer that I could come up with is simply the profound, undeniable Word of God. Now, I'm not ashamed, praise God, to tell you this. You see, I'm fighting a battle. I am in a constant battle for my mind, for my soul, where my destiny is, uh, is headed, praise God. And the reason why is because there are spiritual forces that are trying to alter my way, the way that I reason, praise God. And so I must keep my mind in constant communication with God and His Word. I must constantly condition myself Condition my mind, praise God, because there is something out there. There is a force, there is an evil force that is constantly trying to distract me, constantly trying to deter me, amen, from what thus saith the word of God. I'm constantly reminded in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 5, it says, Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded. In other words, praise God, if you're thinking on the same level as me, praise God, and I don't mean that I'm smarter or not as smart as you, if we have the same mind, if we're going to the same place, amen, that's the type of people I want to hang around I need to be encouraged, praise God. And I want to be one that encourages people. And so I must walk and I must travel, amen, with the same mind, having the same love, praise God. What's the same love? The Bible says God is love. God doesn't give love. He is love. Now, he might give love in a, in a sense, but God is love. And if you have God living inside of you, praise God, you can love the way that God loves. Praise God. Being of one accord and one mind, praise God. Do you know why? Because we are called the body of Christ. And Jesus said, or I don't even know if it was Jesus, but the Bible says anything with more than one head is a monster. And so we must think the same way. We must believe the same way. That's why I do not believe that you can have a, a, a church where you have multiplicity ways of understanding uh, the Godhead, praise God. We need to think the same way, that Jesus is one. Jesus has one head, praise God. And I want to follow the mind of Christ. 
in my desires to be with people that believe the same way that I do. Anything other than that is confusion. I can't afford to be confused, praise God. He goes on to say, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, emptiness. But in lowliness of mind, humility, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not to every man on his own thing, but in every man also on the things of others. And then he finishes up and says, let this mind be in you which was also in Jesus. I thought of a phrase last night and I kind of chuckled at it and I think you will do the same thing. But I really believe that we all need a little dose of brainwashing. Come on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Jesus needs to take us to a heaven's cleansing station, if you will. So the word of God can wash us up a little bit. Cleanse our minds, praise God. Get that junk out of you, praise God. Psalms chapter 51, verses 1 through 10 says this. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. It says, have mercy upon me, O God. Not according to how I feel, but according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercy, blot out my transgression. He says, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sins, for I acknowledge my transgressions. And my sin is ever before me. Against thee, not your brother, not your sister, against thee, thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold or look, he says, I was shapen in iniquity. And in sin did my mother conceive me. Now I've explained this a couple of times, but for those that don't really understand that, his mom was not in sin, praise God, when David was... What he's really saying, praise God, is his mom, just like David, was born in sin. Because of Adam and Eve, there was a failure in his nature. That's what he's saying. I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in my inward parts. I can't hide anything from God. You want a revelation? Neither can you. We were all born, praise God, in this place, in this, this thing called sin, praise God. We are all susceptible to sin, praise God, and the faults because of our human nature. Thou shalt make me to know 
wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. In other words, when I learn your word, praise God, it helps me. It helps me to keep those thoughts away from my mind, praise God. That I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. That the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all my transgressions. Mm, mm -mm. All my iniquities. I like this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Give me a fresh start, Jesus. Help me to identify, God, where, where I'm failing, God, where, where, where I'm a little weak in some areas, God. Help me to realize, God, give me the understanding, Lord. Give me the wisdom, God, that when you bring, God, correction into my life, amen, I've got enough sense, praise God, to say, oh, God, all right, Lord, that's me, Lord, and I need to correct it. Give me a fresh start. I want to start over. I want to be a, a, I want to be a value to somebody, Lord. Work with me, God. You see, my friend, if, if I continue, if we continue, if you continue to shut God out, we are giving Satan the opportunity to incarcerate us, to put us in prison. Don't put yourself in prison. It's your choice, amen. It's what you're deciding to do. You're allowing Satan to put you into a prison. Genesis chapter 12, verses 12, 10, and 10, to 10 through 12, it says this. An awesome story. Talks about Abram coming out of the Ur of the Chaldees. And God gives him a promise. And the Bible says in chapter 12, verse 10 through 12, it reads like this, it says, And there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was grievous in the land, and it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai, his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman, a fair woman to be desired to look upon. Therefore, it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall, shall see thee, that they shall say, this is his wife, and they shall kill me, but they will save thee alive. Talking about a selfish individual. It seems to me, and it, you might get a different perspective on this, 
But it seems to me like Abram forgot that God was a supplier. You see, there was a famine in the land. And so Abram went down into Egypt. And the Bible says he sojourned there. When I looked up the word sojourned, it just means a temporary place. A temporary stay, if you will. We don't always have it in our mind that if we're going to go down to Egypt, it's only going to be for a temporary stay. Sometimes we make choices in life that affects our way of life for the long haul. It also seems like Abraham was so distraught with what he didn't have, which was the necessities of life that he was willing, hear me now, that he was willing, praise God, to put his family at risk by not trusting in God's promises. He was willing to put God aside and he was willing to take matters into his own hands and say that I could do this. Remember, he had already been given a promise that people were going to recognize you, Abram, that you were going to have a nation, a mighty nation, a mighty people. I was going to bless you, praise God, and you were going to be a blessing to them. And now he's running from God because of a famine. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 20 and verse 7, it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. My confidence, my friend, is not in chariots. My confidence is in the living God, praise God. I am not going to allow this world, amen, to allow my salvation and what Jesus has done for me to fade somewhere in the darkness, praise God. I will not allow the Spirit what God is inside of me, amen, to fade away, praise God, to be watered down because of what I don't have. I refuse to do it. Did Abraham lack in his faith for the promises of God? You see, the closer he got to Egypt... The closer he got to sin, praise God, the more he compromised his own promise. How is that possible? Because not only did he believe a lie, but it transferred to his family. He wanted his own wife to go in cohorts with him. I know what I want to do. I know what my motive is. But will you help me out here, Sarai? Will you lie with me? Praise God. Remember God said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, from all the things that you've learned, all the things that have been integrated into your mind, praise God. 
He didn't learn how to lie from God. He learned how to lie from the root system that he came from. What was planted in his heart, in his mind, that's where he learned it from. From thy kindred and from thy father's house. That's why he said, when you go, leave it all there. But he didn't leave it there. He took it with him. He took his father with him, who died, praise God, a few years later, which is a representation of your old man. But he also took Lot with him. And Lot simply means a veil, praise God. Abraham had a veil over his eyes. That's why God couldn't deal with him. It wasn't until Lot was removed from Abraham where God said, Okay, now the veil is removed from your eyes, and now I'm going to bless you. What's stopping us from focusing this morning? What's stopping us from allowing us to see what God really has for us? The promises are still, God, still there. God hasn't changed his mind. It's just that we get so clouded, praise God, by the root system, praise God, that is trying to, uh, trying to grow things into our life, if you will. And we can't see clearly what God wants for us. We want to go down into Egypt. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name, that name, thy, thy name great. <laughs> thy name great. Jeez. And thou shalt be a blessing. Abraham failed to realize that no crisis, any crisis, Anything that comes into your life could steal God's promise as long as Abraham stayed faithful. <laughs> we do that. There's a crisis, something's happening. We make excuses. God isn't looking for excuses, God is looking for someone that's faithful. Everyone say, faithful. faithful. Look at your neighbor and say, faithful. faithful. You see, this is a progressive, something that was progressive in Abraham's life. He kept going down and down and down. Abraham no longer felt the protection of the Lord because he and his family lacked some things. They were in a famine. They were in a crisis. Abraham allowed his wife, which was God's promise in himself, Abraham's mind to be imprisoned because he tried to control the situation by himself. He wanted to take matters into his own hands. I can do it. No, you can't. You can't do it, my friend. Only God can do it. And if you partner with God, 
He won't remove the crisis, but he will help you get through it, praise God. But he's looking for a people that are faithful, praise God. He still has the promises. He still wants to bless you. He still will bless you, but you have to remain faithful. Don't allow yourself to be incarcerated. Don't allow yourself to be in a prison in your mind. When a, when a person is locked, when he's locked up and incarcerated, I have personal experience in this. I don't eat right. Hello. I don't eat right. I have to eat what's given to me. Now there's times where I can buy stuff, but if I don't have stuff coming in, guess what? I am reliant on the system. I don't have the mobility as I once did to have my freedom. When I was in prison, I was influenced by other voices. When I was in prison, I didn't get the rest that I normally would get. When I was in prison, I became weak and I lost a lot of weight. Doesn't happen to everybody. Some people come out bigger than they do when they go in. And most of all, when I was in prison, I was introduced to so many other beliefs. So many other beliefs. We go, we went, used to go to Large Mountain, praise God. And we used to minister to a certain, certain amount of people. And these people would come from all walks of life. And they'd have all kinds of different beliefs, praise God. And if you did not go into a place like that, and if you did not walk like-minded with the individuals you went in there with, praise God, you would begin to think like them. There were Muslims and Islam, and I'm not saying anything bad or negative. I'm just saying this is how they grew up. And our job, praise God, according to the word of God, is we try to expound the things of God. We try to get them out of that mindset that you don't have to come back to this place. You don't have to be incarcerated, praise God. You don't have to be messed up in the mind, praise God. If you just stay faithful to the God, amen, that delivered you, praise God. If you don't allow your redemption, amen, to get stale on you. It's, it was my choice. It was their choice. I just want to say this, and it's, it's hard for me to admit this. But if anybody knows me, my wife knows me better than anything except God. And sometimes I, I, sometimes I struggle. 
And if you don't, God bless you. But I do, and the reason why I share these is because if I struggle, I know that you probably struggle. And if I don't tell you my struggles, and if I don't tell you the things I go through, praise God, you're going to think that my life is perfect, but my life isn't perfect. I'm getting through life just like you are. I've had ups and downs just like you did. I've had bad things happen in my life just like you have. But I've made up my mind that I can live for God. I can do it and you can do it. I can do it. And so I just want to be real with you this morning. I have a hard time letting things go. You see, I want control. I want to be the boss. But if I don't let others, if I don't step aside, if I don't let God deal with my pride, those, amen, that can blossom in life, those that God want to use, praise God. Those that, are, that God is trying to develop will never have the opportunity to grow in God and mature in God and be someone great in the kingdom of God. So I have to come to a place in my life, praise God, in my maturity, as grown up as I am, is probably that high. That sometimes I have to say, yes, God, I want control, God, but I know if I put my hands on it, I'm going to mess it all up. So, God, I'm releasing them to you, God. You take control. You have your way in their life, God. If I, me, Brother Torres... If I want to walk in spiritual authority. If I want power with God. If I want God to move on my behalf, Brother Lonnie. I have to stay in spiritual alignment with God. I can't allow myself to get off track with God. I can't get off the beaten track because I faced something, praise God. I've got to face it head on. I've got to ask God to help me, praise God. Whether it's a, a craving that I have, whatever the case may be, whatever you're facing in life, if you want power with God, and if you want to overcome certain things in your life, if you want to walk in spiritual authority, then you've got to walk in spiritual alignment right. with God. That's the key. That's the key. If you're coming against a door that, will, that you cannot open, then maybe you ought to check where you are in alignment with God. Because when you're in spiritual alignment, 
it produces spiritual authority. And when you have spiritual authority in your life, praise God, God will defeat anything that comes against you. Whether it's your finances, whether it's your social life, your friends, praise God. Whether it's your enemies, brother Brad. The Bible says if, if you love God and you serve God with everything you have, even your enemies will be subject unto you. If you're dealing with your, your mind, the emotional aspect, praise God, of your, your body and your well-being, if you want power over that, walk in spiritual alignment. It all starts, it all starts with where you are in God. With where you are, where, where I am in God. Am I, am, in, am I in alignment with you, Jesus? And if not, how do I correct it? How do I identify it, praise God? Am I going to the right source? Or am I going to somebody that is in the same condition as me? That's the biggest mistake that we can make as Christians. We listen to voices that are not even filled with the love of God in their life. They're trying to counsel you with worldly counsel, but they live in a world of fantasy and make-believe. The only place that they're going to take you. And Jesus says, praise God. It's like the blind leading the blind. You're both going to fall into the ditch. The only, the only place we can go to get back into spiritual alignment if you fell off track is in the Word of God, praise God. That's the only place. If you're unhappy serving God, that's because you're out of alignment with God. If you're worried about things in life, that's not of God. Worry is simply a divided mind. We talked about that last week. And a divided mind will ultimately have you make a decision where you're going to go down to Egypt because you're thinking that God is withholding something from you. We're in a famine. We're all going to die. No, you're not. No, you're not. God just wants you to remove some things out of your life so He can reveal Something greater. Praise God. Let's stand this morning. I just wonder if we could just lift our hands. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Cleanse my mind, God. Help me, Jesus. 
God, alter my way of thinking, God, if it's not focused on you, Lord. Give me the strength, God, to fight against the enemy, God, the things that try to make, make me go in the ways contrary to you, God. I pray for the people of God. In Jesus, Jesus' mighty name.